0: You are listening to the Brad LaFrat Podcast, Episode 7. This week I'm talking to two-time student Emmy-nominated journalist and contributor to CubsInsider.com, Husana Vahora. So, let's get started. Hey everybody, Brad LaFrat here. Welcome to another episode of the Brad LaFrat Podcast. I want to thank you for listening. The podcast is produced every other Monday for you, and I encourage everyone to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. You can also find the podcast on podbean.com. Make sure to follow the podcast on Twitter, at Brad LaFrat Pod. That's B-R-A-D-L-A-F-R-A-T-T-E-P-O-D. And you can also follow me at Brad LaFrat. All links will be in the show notes. On this week's show, I will be talking to Husna Vahora, who is a two-time student Emmy-nominated journalist and contributor to CubsInsider.com. Husna and I discuss her passion and inspirations to pursue a career in journalism. Experiences being a two-time student Emmy-nominated journalist, her love for the Chicago Cubs, we preview the upcoming Major League Baseball playoffs, and we share our memories of the recently passed Marlins pitcher, Jose Hernandez. This week, my guest is a two-time student Emmy-nominated journalist and contributor to CubsInsider.com, Husana Bahora. Husana, I appreciate you taking the time to join me this evening.
1: Thank you so much for having me, Brad. This is my first Rodeo with Podcast, so I'm excited and I'm a little bit nervous, but I'm ready to get started.
0: Oh, we'll have a blast, and there's no need to be nervous. If there's anyone that should be nervous, it should be me.
1: (laughs) Oh, I feel flattered. Thank you.
0: Well, before we get started, Husana, can you let our listeners know where they can follow you on social media?
1: Oh, sure. Uh, so I have my Twitter, which is my primary social media, and it's at Vahora. And, you know, that's an easy name to spell, right? So it's at <laughs> yep. H-U-S-N-A-A-V-H-O-R-A. So just at Husnavahora. Follow me. I have my own blog. And, you know, as Brad said, I write for CubsInsider.com.
0: Oh, that's a good segue. Uh, after reading some of your work on your own personal blog, and your work, baseball roundup, your game roundups on CubsInsider.com. It was obvious to me that you had a talent to write, and that's why I am so pumped to have you kind of enlighten our listeners and, and tell your story about your writing process and how it all came about. Speaking of balance, I, I just, when reading your work, I enjoyed the balance between fact and opinion, and I, and me personally, I think that provides a very interesting piece uh, when you can counterbalance both facts and opinion when did you discover that passion to write
1: um i feel like since my sophomore year of high school which was 2008 i knew i wanted to write but at that time i didn't necessarily know that i wanted to write sports you know sports had always been such a huge part of my life but i didn't know it was sports at that time but in 2014 I got really well acquainted with Twitter and, you know, I was like, you know, why don't I just start my own blog and see what happens from there? I did not expect anyone to read it. I didn't expect any of the feedback, but it, it was great. In 2014, it was pretty good. And I was able to work my way up to like 800 followers in, in one season. And then, you know, in 2015, people are like, you're bringing back rounding the bases, right? So I said, well, if that's what the people want, I have to give them what they want. So I bought it back this season again and, you know, it's been great. So 2014 was really that year where I took that leap of faith and I'm like, you know, this is something that I love to do. I want to do it and I'm going to put it out there. And if I do it with the, you know, the purest heart and with a lot, allowing people to see my passion, I think it'll be successful. And so far I've proved myself right.
0: Did you have any journalists that you looked up to for inspiration
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, I was following a lot of, you know, the CSN writers and things like that before I started my own blog. But right now, I really look up to the women in the sports industry, like Julie DeCaro and um, also Sarah Spain. Those are two of my biggest inspirations because I feel like they offer that female voice in our community. And I really look up to them. And I try my try my best to be the most original, but I feel like it's so great to be able to look to women in sports, uh, that inspire me and be able to pick up on some of their strengths. You know, they're both strong, unapologetic women. They're like, this is us. We love this sport. We know it just as well as the men know it. And I love that. And they really inspire me. So I'm definitely hoping that, you know, one day somebody is like, I'm a I'm a female sports writer and I did it because Husna did it so anyone can do it.
0: You also mentioned you not only have a passion for putting uh, pencil to paper but also being in front of the or the screen. Do you have any anybody that you really looked up to in that regards? Maybe maybe like a Bob Costas or someone that is really powerful and has a powerful message in, uh, in the world of sports on on the TV screen.
1: Um, I wouldn't. I don't think I really have anyone that I can put my finger on who I'm like, that is the goal. Because as I said, I want to be original, but I do appreciate Bob Costas and his opinions and all that stuff. I think he's pretty well-rounded, but I think he's also one of the most controversial ones where he'll say something and people will grab onto that and be like, okay, he said this. So I think for me, I'm more of, I, I like more team-centered broadcasters. So I'm a little biased, like Len and JD for the Cubs. Those are the kind of guys where I see them and I'm like, that's what I want to do. And I I like that they have to focus on such a small group um, and and they have their own, you know, they know everything. They know the team inside out. So for me, in the long run, you know, I I would want a position like that.
0: I definitely think that Lynn and JD do a great job. They not only know the Cubs inside and out, but they also, I feel, are pretty fair when you look at how they broadcast games. Definitely, You know they're, they're pulling for the Cubs, but they also do a good job, at, I guess, giving a
1: fair broadcast. Right, I agree. I think they give both teams you know, their moment. If, if the guy on the other team has his third home run of the game, they're going to let it be known. They're not going to brush that under the rug. And I think they really do a great job between the balance because once you're a team broadcaster, it's easy to just be on that team and not really care so much for what the other team does. But I think they're able to balance the emotion and inflection in their voice based on what the Cubs do and what the other teams do. But it's not one of, if even if you're the opposing team listening, it's not annoying to listen to Len and JD because they are allowing your team to have their moments and giving them credit for the things that they are doing.
0: Great points made. You know, when I was doing my research, found out that you were a two-time student Emmy-nominated journalist, and I was just blown away. And I kind of did some research on the award, and it's just amazing to me. Uh, I can't imagine, but hard work, you know, just a talent for writing. Can you Can you take our listeners through that process and just how you got nominated for that award not only once but
1: twice Oh absolutely so I went to Columbia College Chicago I graduated there in 2014 so in 2013 and 14 I took a class called Newsbeat and that was our live news show we went live once a week we did sports weather all of that stuff and it was it was an, essentially a 45 minute newscast that we would write and you know shoot uh, our packages and all that stuff get everything together Monday. And then Tuesday morning, our class was four hours long and we would just make a whole show out of it. And it was, it, so I, both of the times I was nominated it was with a team and it just took so much effort. It took so much teamwork and it took so much putting your differences aside and realizing that this is a team and we need to be, put the best show we can out there. So my first semester there, I was the executive sports director. Uh, My teacher heard me talking about sports, and she's like, where did you learn that? And I'm like, well, that's my passion. She's like, you know what? You're just going to become executive sports producer. So that was my first semester I was producing. And my second semester, I decided to take on the on-air thing. And so my team was nominated twice. And I mean, there's so much credit to the professors and all the other students in the class. But, you know, a little part of me is like, we got it twice when I was in that class. So maybe I'm a little bit of a good luck charm. I don't know.
0: I can just imagine how that has prepared you for a career. It it definitely sounds like it was quite a process that, you know, would prepare you for later in life.
1: Oh, absolutely. As the executive sports producer, I had to work with a couple of student anchors. And some of them were like best friends with me, you know, we would run through every single thing together. We would make sure we agreed on everything and just ran everything by each other. And in the same way, there were some ones that I would butt heads with more, but you know, that's natural in the business. People are not going to want the same things as you do. So it was, it it just, you just really have to learn how to navigate your way through those arguments and pick your battles because not every battle in the newsroom is worth fighting.
0: Personally, what did that nomination, not only once but twice, mean to you? I can only imagine that's, you know, an excellent thing to have on a resume. And what kind of feedback did you get from your family and friends?
1: Oh yeah, for sure. So I remember waking up, it was I don't even remember, I think it was a weekend, I woke up, I checked my student email, and I got the email from one of the professors that we got nominated, and my mom was around, I'm like, mom, I got nominated for an Emmy! And she's like, what, an Emmy? So she comes to my room, and I'm reading it to her, and she she was pretty excited. You know, I was the first person in my family to take such an unconventional road. No one else in my family has done journalism, anything in the arts has not been done, so... I was the first one to do that. I was actually the first girl in my family to go to college. My mom was never able to go to college because of the cultural background and things like that. But, you know, my mom was excited. My dad, as always, was very excited and proud of me. And my aunts and uncles, everybody, some of them were kind of indifferent. They're like, okay. And some of them were like, oh, well, you're going to go to a red carpet and you're going to wear a nice dress and all of these things. But I think for me, it was just a mixed review the people who are really happy for me were happy for me and the other people either didn't understand or just kind of felt like well she's a girl she shouldn't really be doing this you know she why is she going so far and things of that nature there's just a lot of people in my family that still don't understand my dreams and passions and why I feel a certain way about certain things so it was a mixed reaction but you know at the end of the day I had to tell myself that the people who really matter were supportive throughout the whole thing and were very happy for me and that really helped me through it
0: for my very loyal listeners they know that i'm very passionate about the chicago cubs and i know that's something that's kind of how we met through social media is a mm-hmm. connection as fans what has this season meant to you we talked a little bit about it off air but can you kind of elaborate what this season has meant to you up until this point and how you feel moving forward as we get closer to October 7th and the start of the playoffs for the Cubs?
1: I only have one word. I can only say that it's unbelievable. I mean, this team has been in the making for so long. We had so many years of struggles. 2007, 2008, I remember crying. Getting eliminated in the first round and crying. And I was, uh, you know, I was much younger then. But this year just means so much because it. this is really the first year well, last year too, but this is really the first year where it just feels like this could really happen in our lifetime, in our lifetimes and in our grandparents' lifetimes. Uh, so this year's team has really just meant a new beginning to me. I feel that a lot of people, especially the younger fans now, like my little sister, she has no idea the years of struggles that us older listeners and older Cubs fans have gone through. But for me, it's unbelievable to see all of this coming true in front of our eyes and like the big obstacles we've had this season, like losing Kyle Schwarber and just one of the first games of the season and still being able to fight through everything and be the best record in baseball. It's incredible. Like I said, it's just one of those things where sometimes you have to step back and really appreciate what Theo Epstein, the Ricketts, Jed Hoyer have done for the city and this team. And it's kind of what they did in Boston, and they're bringing it here. So it's an unbelievable feeling, and it's one of those feelings that gives you so much happiness and anxiety all at the same time because baseball is a cruel sport, and you just don't know what to expect from round to round. But right now, just you know, as a lifelong Cubs fan, I'm soaking it in, and I'm allowing myself to enjoy every day, every game, and just take it from there.
0: That's kind of my similar approach. I've been a Cubs fan for 30 years. I've kind of looked at this. It's been a very frustrating process at times. I thought 2008 was definitely the year they were going to win it. I absolutely love that team as well, and it didn't happen. I think you have to, I've taken a step back, and I think you have to trust the process. Mm-hmm. And I definitely think this team is is more complete than that 2008 team. And I definitely think if they can, best advice is just to go play baseball. And I think Joe Madden feels the same way. You have to prepare yourself every day, That and every day is an event. Mm-hmm. I think he, I've remembered a couple times him saying that, specifically, every day is an event. Right. And if you approach it that way, you won't get too far ahead, and you won't get too high, and you won't get too low. If they can take a, an approach similar to that in the playoffs, I think good things will happen.
1: Yeah, I absolutely agree. I feel like Joe Madden is the peanut butter to the Cubs jelly. He really is the guy who keeps things together and he just has these genius ideas. Like that one game where he put Travis Wood in the outfield because we didn't have any more fielders. So he was playing pitchers in the outfield and he's just really a genius when it comes to baseball. He, he just has made the right move and right call so many times. But I think he also brings that mentality of work hard and play hard to the clubhouse. And I think his personality is just so great that the players really feel a connection with him to a more friendship level, not just like, that's my manager. And I think that's really been one of our keys to success is Joe Madden. anytime our team is falling down, he finds a way, he finds a way to fix the mental strength of our players. And I think, you know, if if there's a key to this whole World Series thing, He's definitely one of them.
0: Two terms come to mind when I think of Joe Madden and, and the reason why he's been not only successful in Chicago, but he was very successful in a very tough place to win in Tampa Bay. Mm-hmm. Two things come to mind, trust and balance. He has trust not only in his veterans, but is with young players. He puts a lot of trust in young players, and I think that builds confidence. Balance, I see a lot of balance. He's not afraid to move people around so they're well-prepared. Mm-hmm. You're seeing Chris Bryant not only in the outfield but third base and at first base uh, right. a couple times. I think, you know, and Javi Baez and Ben Zobrist and Coughlin and just on and on, just guy Tommy Lastella. You have guys that are well-balanced because they're well-prepared. I definitely foresee a lot of things that you do as well. Let's specifically look at the Cubs' starting rotation. Who is most deserving to start Game One of the National League Division Series? Kyle Hendricks, John Lester, or last year's National League Cy Young winner Jake Arrieta? Who Who of the three would you start in Game One of that division series?
1: I'm going to go ahead and say John Lester because he has that playoff experience, and you know he he's done it before. He's you know he's gone all the way, and I really think that he has. He's not only that veteran in the clubhouse that can put everybody together, him and David Ross. But I really think that as the season has progressed, he's just gotten better and better. And like from week to week, from start to start, you're like, can he get better? And then the next week he comes out and he just amazes you. And as much as I think Kyle Hendricks is worthy of it, you know, he almost no-hit the Cardinals for crying out loud. So as much as I think Kyle Hendricks and Jake Arrieta are deserving. Uh, if it was up to me, I would give the ball to John Lester. And, you know, mainly just because of the experience thing, because going into the playoffs this season feels different than it did last season. And I think partially that's because we're not the wild card team. We are the team that is going to play the wild card team. So I think there's a different kind of pressure, but also just a different kind of atmosphere and feeling with this year. So I'm definitely all team John Lester for game one of the series.
0: Has Jason Hamill played his way out of the playoff rotation?
1: Yes, actually. And I hate to say it because I love Jason. You know, I I love the guy. I think he's great. But I was having this conversation with my friend the other day, one of my longtime friends, and he said, who would you pick as the Cubs four starters? And I mentioned everyone but Jason Hamill. And I think, you know, he... It's proven that he struggles in the second half, but he started the second half really well, and lately it's just been a little up and down. He had that start where he'd only given up three runs, but he had some men on base, so uh, Joe Madden pulled him after 39 pitches. And then yesterday, giving up four runs in the first inning, taking the loss. He, in my heart, you know, I'll always love him, but I think that if we are going to focus on winning, if we're going to focus on putting our best guys out there, I think we have to count him out of the starting rotation.
0: Well, the playoffs aren't set in stone as of right now, but are there any potential matchups that you're most looking forward to?
1: I, obviously, you know, the National League I'm looking forward to, but I'm just going to jump over to the American League and say, I really think it's going to be Red Sox versus Blue Jays. And I am really excited to see that, to see Big Poppy versus Bautista, Encarnación that just excites me so much. I I think those big bats and those big bats coming into play when it's most important, I think that'll be really entertaining to watch and that'll just be some quality baseball.
0: I wouldn't mind seeing the Blue Jays and the Rangers go at it again last year during the playoffs. That was very intense.
1: That was very intense and I think, you know, old old wounds maybe re scratched. You never know. And, you know, baseball is is a game where emotions are there. Emotions are on the field. If, if somebody hits your guy, you're going to find a way to hit him back. And that's just a part of the game. And, you know, I think they definitely experienced that last year.
0: I'm going to put you on the hot seat and ask you who represents the American League and the National League in the World Series. Then who do you have winning the World Series?
1: Oh, God. And I I, I feel like everyone who's going to listen is going to be like, she's so biased, but I'm not. I'm really going to you know, go by what I feel like I've analyzed and everything I've watched happen this season. But for the National League, I do have the Cubs because like you and I have talked about this whole conversation. They have every single tool that it takes, you know, they have the pitching, they have the bullpen, the bullpen could still use a little bit of work they have. So they have pitching, they have bullpen, they have offense, and then like the defensive utility on this team is insane. So for the National League, I'm going to go Cubs And for the American League, I'm actually going to go Blue Jays. I feel like the Blue Jays have what it takes offensively. And I think that, I mean, I would just love to see a Chris Bryant and Jose Bautista home run duel. I feel like that would be so awesome. So, yes, Cubs for the National League and Blue Jays for the American League. And I'm going to go out on a limb and say the Cubbies will finally break the quote-unquote curse.
0: I agree with half the equation. I got the Cubs and the na- representing the National League. Then I have the Boston Red Sox. They played really well lately mm-hmm. uh, representing the American League, and you have a dream matchup between the Red Sox and the Cubs. It's two-story franchises, two of the best ballparks <laughs> in all baseball. Facing off, it's going to be TV ratings through the roof, and oh, the yeah. Cubs will win it. In six games.
1: I am hoping you're right. And, you know, since you're talking about the Red Sox, they've won 11 games in a row. And it's just crazy. They've just strung together this insane streak and they just set history in in their game today. So it's it's crazy. I I think that there there are always hidden storylines in the playoffs. And I feel like one of the hidden storylines that I'm sure someone will bring to light if the Cubs and Red Sox do play is Theo Epstein. He's been the guy in both cities to turn things around and to really give Boston their crown. And I think that, you know, everything that he used there, he brought to Chicago. And we've seen where it's taken us so far. So I think Wrigley, Fenway, World Series, I don't think it could, it could get any better.
0: Well, before I let you go, Husna, I kind of want to get your thoughts on a very sad story that broke today with... The young 24-year-old awesome pitcher for the Marlins, Jose Fernandez, it kind of chokes me up. It's been a very difficult day in the world of baseball. We're all fans of our teams. We're both Cubs fans, but in the end, we're all baseball fans. And it's really sad. The news that we got that broke today from Florida, Jose Fernandez, like I said, he was very young, 24, was killed in a boating accident. I kind of want to get your thoughts on how you will remember
1: Fernandez. I, I think it's absolutely devastating uh, when such a young talent is, is just gone so fast. And obviously, it's something that you can't ever explain or come to terms with. And I think what really, you know, chokes me up more, and, and it did, it emotionally bothered me today. And it, it's been on my mind throughout this conversation because we're talking baseball and we're talking playoffs. And he was the future of the Miami Marlins. He was that guy that they could build around and, you know, and he had a a baby on the way. So for me, I think it's just really unfortunate. But what I love about the Twitter community and just baseball as a whole is how everyone is just coming together. Everyone is just supporting Miami, supporting his family. And, you know, it's just such an unfortunate event. But as you said, we're both Cubs fans, but that doesn't mean that we are just, you know, all after our guys. When something else happens in the baseball community, it affects all of us. And I think you and I as journalists, too, we have to talk about it a lot more than maybe some of the fans do. You know, I've gotten a lot of mentions today and people asking me how I feel and people tagging me in emotional videos that I'm not sure I can watch another one today. So it's, it's, it's a loss. You know, it's a loss for this sport because from everything people were saying and just from watching him and... I think what I'll remember him for is that infectious smile.
0: The way I'll remember him is his ability just to love the game of baseball. Mm -hmm. You can tell he's always having fun and he loves his teammates and they loved him back. And definitely, you made a great point. He was definitely a cornerstone of that franchise.
1: Absolutely. And, you know, today on MLB.com, I saw pictures and a video of D Gordon, his teammate, uh, like kneeling in front of the mound. And those are... In journalism, we're we're taught, you know, to take the pictures that evoke emotion and things like that. And that picture really got to me because teammates are not just teammates, they're brothers. They become family and they spend the majority of the year together. And to wake up and to realize one of your family members is gone and you'll never get to talk to them again. You'll never get to share those jokes again. It's, it's very devastating, and, you know, my heart goes out to the city of Miami and his family because, you know, as I said, his girlfriend was expecting their first child.
0: Husna, I appreciate you taking the time to join me this evening. I, like I said earlier, I'm a huge fan of your work, and I encourage everyone to check out Husna's work on her blog, Rounding the Bases with Hus. That's com and at com. Husna, thank you, and go Cubs.
1: Thank you so much for having me, Brad. I really appreciate it. And uh, let's go win this World Series.
0: Thanks for listening to the Brad LaPratt podcast. If you like what you heard, make sure to subscribe and rate on iTunes. You can also follow the podcast on Twitter at Brad LaFrat Pod. This has been a Brad LaFrat production. Join me every other Monday for another edition of the Brad LaFrat Podcast.